Well, I'm back is the call from Chapo Johns. What was going through my mind is I've been here before. I spent countless hours training. Miles Chapo Johns! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. James Norton, Matthew Serra. Hi. We are here today. We have uh, Mike Valle, or is it Valley? We're, we're struggling with the pronunciation. Great striking coach, and Miles Johns, uh, who had a tremendous, tremendous uh, fight over... Uh, Dan Argetta, uh, the main the main fight of the prelims, will be joining us, and uh, he is an exciting fighter and a lot of great fights. By the way, what a shitty ending, right, for uh, Fiziev, who I, I love watching him fight. Uh, I don't think anybody in that division has faster hands than Rafael Fiziev. Matus Gamrat, uh, dangerous, dangerous guy on the ground, and he just he, he hurt his I guess his knee throwing a hey. kick. By the way, I th- I hurt my foot kicking jamie english's elbow so i i understand oh shoot jimmy yeah you throw a kick i want to hear about your rolling i we got a lot to talk about today we have to talk about my wife competed over the weekend uncle edwin uh, i saw that i saw those fights um oh and by the way with michael johns and uh miles johns yeah what's that uh miles johns miles johns what i say my uh michael oh i'm sorry with miles johns and his fight with uh dan yeah. I'll get her, right? Yeah, yeah, great fight. I, I just don't uh, like what uh what he what he what um what they uh, they said to him afterwards. I what they said to him after. Oh, Dan, get him <laughs> They said Dan, oh get out of here. Jimmy we have such a jam-packed show today. I Unfortunately, yeah, we do. I tripped, I tripped at the finish line. Well, get out of here. So no, I would say at, at the starter at the starter pistol, that one tripped. <laughs> Listen, I gotta I gotta pull the trigger. They're sure, I understand. All, not every punch is gonna land. Dude, I understand totally. And sometimes they they uh, they fall flat and we all have that happen. I, I totally yeah. understand. We have so much fun. Um hey. I'm impressed by Brian Battle, who was on with us last week. Yes, what a great fight he fought. Uh, uh, Bryce Mitchell uh, against uh, Dan Ige was a great uh, co-main. That was a great fight. Can I just tell you? Sure. And I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at just, I love, it's un, it's not scripted. It's It's his theatrics that are not trying to be, he's not trying to be theatrical. You know what I mean? He's very, when he takes the Bible, I never, listen, I haven't seen anything like this ever. When somebody takes a Bible in the cage, in the octagon, and screams like Mel Gibson from Braveheart, freedom! Dude, I was like, what if he passed out? He would, The fight would have been over. He almost did lightheaded. He yelled that. It was something to behold. Yeah, but yeah. This is what I have to tell you about uh, Bryce Mitchell, what I feel. I feel that people might look at him and go, yo, something's going on up there. This sounds a little crazy. It's a little out of the norm. 
when a guy's like this with his with his holding up the bible screaming freedom any I'm, I'm saying and it's not in a bad light because it is conspiracy theories but he this thing and i'm not saying that i'm not saying like they're fake i'm just saying sure says he has certain beliefs that are not the norm beliefs which is whatever i what my thing is i don't judge him on any of that but no. his belief he has he has he has belief and he believes like he's you know against the the dark the going against the forces of darkness and satan and sure. everything it's very so it gives him this this confidence that's right. unwavering like in other words he gets a failed takedown he's not he was uh, he's he's relentless you know what i mean he really is he, 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 he's something to watch it's one thing if he held up that bible and he's yelling this and he's doing that and he can't fight he was vicious because dan Ige is not an easy guy to get down or keep no. them and I don't think he's ever felt anything like that. It was crazy. I, didn't you think, though, I thought 29-28 was more of a fair score. I didn't think it was 30-27. I thought, if I remember correctly, Ige won the second round. I thought I gave him the second round. I thought I thought it was a little closer than that score indicated, 30-27. How about this? I remember thinking, I go, I'm not sure. I remember, I remember the second round. Ended. I knew he won the first round. Yeah. Uh, oh, the second round, 100%. Because, uh, Who? I won because then... The only time he lost it was towards the end of the position, but I think it ended with him mounted both times almost. No, who Dan? Was it Dan? No, no, I don't um, remember. No, no, no. He ended mounted the first round, but I remember being like, if this ends, I both these rounds end with uh, with Bryce Mitchell on top mounted. It's like that. That's how the fight. I mean, the guy has, he had no he had no um answer for it. Yeah. He wasn't getting out towards the end. Like he was, you know what I mean? What a as it wore on, yeah. What a powerful mount! At that point, just the clock is his enemy. It's like, yeah. can I get get him out of here? Get him out of here in time, you know? So I don't know. I was so I don't give a shit if he believes. I don't care what shape he believes the Earth is. He is so dangerous and yep. he's very entertaining. I'd say to the point of mesmerizing. Of, man, you can't take your eyes off this guy. He yeah. wants. He wants. Yeah, he's trying to get the mic to do a. a Get it led in the um, in prayer with Dan Ige. It's freaking funny. I don't know if Dan Ige was like, man, please let me disappear from this. I don't. Know. He was kind of like it's yeah. stuck. In there. It's easier uh, if you win to want to pray. If you lose, it's a little harder to pray. Pray the same. Hey, whatever works for him. You know, I never care what someone believes. Uh, if that's his, that's his life. That's his life. You know, he's a great fighter, and he is entertaining to watch. Man, really, really fun guy. Um, and, and the whole card I thought was really unbelievable. Brian Battle, uh, AJ Fletcher was, was I thought fought a good fight and was absolutely doing damage. Uh, he's just such a short guy. Uh, getting in there and covering the distance was a little bit uh, uh, difficult. But that was a uh, what do you? I think that was a rear sub. Yep, rear naked in the uh, second. Great fight until it until it ended. He, he like he said his MMA grappling is is uh, is through the roof. Man. Yeah. Let me tell you really quick. I wonder, do we, we don't have anybody in the waiting room, right? Uh, no. All right, let's talk about our personal lives. Sure. Hi. You're not come on. First of all, stop messing around with the names. Wow, what's wrong with my name? Well, you know, you, you kind of taking. I'm not the joke king, am I? No. Oh, because oh, you're, I, I say, I, no, I, because you're the Kamora Savage. I can't be Kamora Daddy. Well, That's my what? Zoom name, Kamora Daddy. I feel like you're doing that on purpose to try to like, that's not true. Let me change my name. I'll I, I feel, I, no, no, no. I just think that I, since I have been going from head and arm chokes 
into some Kimuras. Uh, I love it. Mike has me, I'm sore as fuck right now from gripping because he has me rolling with this young, lightning fast blue belt, this kid Martin, who is, you see, his movements are really great. He's really hard to submit. He bucks like a motherfucker. Like it, it's really good to have somebody pushing back and resisting. And he's certainly, he's not even trying to submit me. Like if he was, I'd be finished immediately. But just the it's fact that funny. he's giving me some resistance uh, feels really, really good. Uh, but it, it's exhausting. I've never done anything more tiring. It's such a blast. I know I had guys in there today. I had some some older guys, some younger guys. I uh, I taught the morning class. I taught the noon class just now. Yeah. In between, I take a little nap. I told you, you know my routine. Yeah. It's fun. I, I have so much. I have so much fun, man. Um, you know, last week I was in the city. You know, and and uh, I, I did a thing. I shot a thing for for HSS uh, Hospital. They're partnered up with the UFC now. The hospital. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where I got my new knee. So I had a meeting with my doctor. I met a couple of doctors. We had some conversations. We went over over some new equipment they're doing, and I was jumping in a pool. It was an all day thing. And then yeah. afterwards, you know, I could either go home and rush out for three hours or. You know what I mean? Midtown was a mess because they got people, things going on at the UN or whatever. So I go, you know what? Let me go to the West side. You know what the heck? They gave me a driver. Let me sure. go to the West side and visit my buddy, Luca Italia. He's Brazilian, but I like to say it like that. Sure. Italia. He's a friend of mine for, for almost 30 years. I met him through Henzo. He's training at Henzo's and he runs Henzo Gracie upper West side. Oh, All right. What is that? Is it like on 72nd or something? I totally forgot. I, and Hanzo just opened one on 14th, by the way, too. Yeah, it's on Wall Street. Yeah. Hanzo's a beast. Me and Hanzo met up and uh, we had a uh, a beer that night and had some dinner. And I was so happy to see my master. He's such a positive. He's the best. He's, yeah. Such a good, good person. So uh, so I did a class for Luca. There'll be some videos coming out probably. They usually do that. I'll, I'll put it on my my Instagram, Matt Sarah BJJ. But um, I love visiting my friend, and I did. A, I told a little, just a quite a real quick story about when I, you know, when I was 23 years old, 22, 23 in Brazil in like 1998, something like that, 97, whatever. I was the only American on the mats at Baja Gracie, and some of the Brazilians didn't treat me great. They all had some respect. They never crossed any lines because they knew I was associated with Henzo. Mm-hmm. I was guy and they all had very res- much uh, so much respect for Enzo. Nobody would dare be too disrespectful. Sure. But there was a few gringos called uh, there was there was a few guys calling me gringo like and uh hey gringo you still rolling and this and that they weren't the night they they weren't the sweetest you know what I mean but this guy Luca before I won any medals I was just a, one American and a sea of Brazilians over there. He was always a sweetheart always a good guy just a good guy. Did they, did they, did any of the mats are, did any of them turn around and start to like, as they got to know you start to change the way they treated you? Well, they respected me because the only guys that would, would, would tap me would be the black belts. You know what I mean? The only guys who passed my guard were the black belts. I was a purple belt. So I was, they were, it was funny in the beginning. I was such a, like, I wasn't even going out at night. So like, Hey man, what's the matter? dude? You don't like the, you know? mingle with the ladies they were almost like all i was concentrating on was training and then i ended up you know yeah. hanging out a little bit going out hanging out with them and had a good time but i I was just such a machine with the training and uh yeah i had a blast i was there for like a month at a clip every time i'd go but 
they, so they respected me from my skill set because I would right. give them hell. But none of them, but some of them again were nicer than others because you know, they, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm on their turf. I'm giving them, they don't like to be getting, you got, and back then when I went over there, well, I didn't go there and they were, I learned techniques from the guys, but there wasn't like a set class where I learned techniques. Right. Carlos Gracie Jr. would show up, sit on a lawn chair and point to you and you, you and you, everybody's on their knees. And then we do rounds of like six minute matches or whatever it was. And then we would just do that for like almost an hour. I don't know. It's crazy. And uh, again, oh, here we go. All right. We got Miles Johns. And, oh, sorry, Jimmy. That's Were okay. You, I was just giving you the thumbs up just so you know. In the young adventures of a, a young. I love it. I think it's very interesting. I was reading about the Gracies just to hear those names. Um, no, I love hearing about that stuff. We have Miles Johns is in the waiting room. Fresh oh. office win over uh, Dan Argetta. What a great, great fight this was. Um, back and forth. Argetta was really, really tough. Um, uh, Miles Johns was clearly winning the fight, but uh, it was still an extremely good matchup. We should bring him in whenever he is ready, uh, Sir Jake. He's, right He's ready now. Miles, you hear us? Hello. Oh, yep, I, don't I can hear see. you guys. Hello, Hi. sir. How Hi. are you? to see you what's miles. up what's going on it's miles first time on here, Jimmy. it's his first time on here yes it is yes, sir. congratulations I, I'm, I'm matt miles i'm awkward on first time yes sorry about that i know who you are Let's, sir how you doing it's a pleasure to meet you it's so nice to meet you dude only like an inch taller than me probably i'm probably shrinking also we're bad <laughs> listen short kings man f everybody miles Let's go. Congrats <laughs> on your fight, bro. Congrats. Thank you. Now, let, we want to get to know you, man. It's your first time on here. Yeah. So, I want to let's hear about your journey, dude. Where are you from and what'd you get started with with the martial arts? Yeah, I'm from a small town in Kansas, Newton, Kansas, and um I started wrestling in 3rd grade. Um I was playing all these other sports, falling out in basketball, all this stuff and um, this one kid that was wrestling on my older brother's baseball team was out there taking everybody down in the middle of the field and stuff. And it just looked so fun. My, I, was, I asked my dad if I could go out there with them. And these kids are two years older than me. And I went out there, naturally just picked him up and slammed him on his back. And uh, immediately after that, I just fell in love with it. I knew the sport. Uh, I knew which sport was for me. So that's how I got started. And I, I, that's not really a martial art, but nowadays it seems like it's a yeah, it, it seems like it's considered one almost, you know. Some of the most dangerous guys are wrestlers. I mean, that that's a nightmare to deal with you guys. When did you when did you move into striking? Well, when when I started fighting, I just had a natural progression into striking. You know, I, I'd been, you know, I was always kind of a aggressive kid. I was I was never a bully, but I was also never if there was a bully that was looking for problems, I'd be happy to oblige with them, you know. So I've like I've always just kind of loved love combat and when i when i started fighting i just i don't know something but i just wanted to box you know i didn't i didn't want to have to rely on grabbing people and taking them down you know i, I wanted to be able to knock them out from the feet it's just something inside me so um yeah i just i really focused on that it's also i guess because i knew i could wrestle i wasn't worried about people taking me down and holding me down you know so i was just mostly worried about somebody boxing me up so it's nice knowing yeah. you have that though that you could keep it where you want it you know, in the back pocket, yeah, absolutely, right there. Or if it gets a little, yeah, exactly, it gets a little too hairy. It's like, all right, we're going down. I'm gonna elbow you in the face. 
But if you right. don't also like, you know, you can let your shit go knowing that you're hard to be pinned down. You know what I mean? If you do get yes. taken, you know? Yes, sir. And I, and listen, let's just, we all, so we're all on the same page. That's wrestling's like one of the first martial arts. I mean, it might be in every middle school from here to Guam, but that is one of the traditional Roman fucking gladiator. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I was just watching, guys? I sometimes I I watch old series, Rome on H. It's on a uh, Max HBO Max. It's an old That's, series. Yeah, Dude, it, it it is so fucking good. It's so good, Jimmy. It's based. Was that only two seasons though? It was only two seasons, but I mean, sometimes it's better that way. More is not better, yeah. you know. Now, there's that trend going on around too, where these wives are asking their husbands, "Have you ever uh, think about the?" Um, Roman Empire and just like as a joke and all these guys just go into their bookcase absolutely I think about it every day I think this is what's happening this time and stuff you know so yeah it's kind of funny trend going on oh yeah it's one of those things too it was too expensive to shoot it Matt that's why they ended after two years it was costing them like five million an episode and it it was just too expensive to keep going but I heard it was great easily one of my favorite series and it didn't Um, really rely on big special effects and shit but the characters were so badass hey yeah, shoot. Like, only because this is the way my ADD yeah. mind works. Where'd you get the nickname Chapo from? Short Kings, baby. Chapo means shorty in Spanish. That's right. Believe it or not, I've been short my whole life. So, yep, I've got, I got it in about kindergarten and it stuck with me. Really? Yeah. It would be Damn. weird if you were tall in high school and then short as an adult. <laughs> that would be a strange. Not that, you know, if you went backwards. <laughs> hey, let me ask you you watch any like Marvel movies or anything? I do now. Now that I got my boys growing up and stuff, I, I do now. Good. Yeah. It's good to watch with your kids. I, that's how I got into it. Mm. But uh, Wolverine, just so you know, this is where we, Jimmy brings, he, he brings it up every time and I agree with him. Yep. In, in reality, in reality, no, in, the, <laughs> in the comic book, he's 5'3". Now, you know, as a guy five, as a guy 5'7", you know, we don't have a lot of heroes. We look around, everybody's so <laughs> tall. Even back in the day, Clint Eastwood, I don't know how much he measures. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, they make him look taller. I mean, come on, man. I know they want the women's ticket on the, the movie ticket uh, with the Hugh Jackman. Hashtag not my Wolverine, man. Five, three. <laughs> but you can't insult anybody nowadays. God forbid you insult anybody's feelings. You understand? Yeah. What about us? What about people on the 5'8"? Fuck everybody. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Give me Wolverine. Give me Wolverine. <laughs> I hear you. I All right, hear get you. back to the interview, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, now, Miles, you, you uh, used your post-fight interview. You were uh, honoring your brother-in-law, and he had passed, and you were you were winning, uh, d- dedicating to people with mental illness. Um and, and is, is that your main connection to it, or do, do you have issues with it? Cause we've all dealt with stuff that's – you know, you're like, you, you wonder what the hell is wrong with me. And you're like, it's got to be something more than is on the surface. Yeah. You know, I've like, I think I've had my own battles, you know, my own, my own dark times, but I wouldn't say that I've dealt with it as extreme as a lot of people and the people that I'm kind of dedicating that to. I've had a friend in high school, one of my, uh, the wrestling team captain, a good friend of mine, somebody who I really looked up, uh, looked up to, um, he passed away from suicide as well. So it's been around life a lot. I do feel like, I don't know if it's true, but I've known so many past wrestlers and stuff. I feel like there's something with those combat sports and 
in wrestling and what these guys are able to go through mentally and the weight cutting and all that, that some of those kids are can be a little more prone to it. You know, I, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know statistics, but I've just seen it a lot in the wrestling community, you know. And the way I correlate it is like these guys, uh, wrestling is a very uh, is a very alone sport. Like you got to go inside and you got to bottle a lot of things up. Like some of these high school guys cutting like 10 pounds a week to make weight. Like that's freaking hard mentally, especially for a high school kid that's supposed to be growing at that time. So I think that sometimes these guys are just good at hiding some of those emotions. And some of them were like drug overdoses. Maybe they're purposeful, maybe they weren't, but there's also that extreme factor to it. Like wrestlers and guys like that are very extreme. Like they, they're like adrenaline junkies and just like, the highest highs and the lowest lows, you know? And I think that's the closest that I've got to it with is just that I do love very high highs. Like I love going in a cage and fist fighting somebody. And when you love high highs like that, you're going to experience low lows. So um, yeah, that's, it's just been around my, in my life a lot, but my brother-in-law. It's also very hard when you guys have the adrenaline you get from what you do. It's hard to match that. Like, I'm sure the the what it's like to punch in on the man and knock him down and knock him out, or strike, or however you win a fight. How many things in real life can can give you that type of an adrenaline or that feeling of singleness or or, or power? It's probably almost impossible to replicate. It's it's really hard, man. It's it's a balance, you know, and and that's one of the reasons I got sober because I felt like I was like. I was going in these fight camps. So when I'm in fight camp, I'm not myself. My kids recognize I'm not myself. My wife recognizes I'm not myself. Like I go into my own world, you know, and it was getting kind of hard to integrate back into the normal world. And a lot of times I was using alcohol, like after camps, I'd be drinking. Like I wouldn't, it'd be fine for me if I want to fight. I start drinking at 12 and I drink the rest of the day. And that happened for multiple weeks in a row, you know, and that, that kind of made it hard to come down naturally from these super high highs so i saw i got sober and in this camp i feel like i'm being able to integrate more i'm jumping back into normal life a lot easier you know without without those high highs and low lows i'm not looking for some crazy adrenaline stuff that's great this is the question jimmy for kind of for you because i know what you're talking about miles after and i've had this I've had a fight where I almost like cry in the locker room. I'm so happy from the address, like the way I feel, you feel so powerful, almost like no matter what happens tomorrow, it doesn't matter right now. It's this is, I feel out of this world. You know, I know the feeling it's a great feeling, Yeah. but then like almost a few, like, like not even a week after you use like, you, you start to get depressed and you're like, what is going on here? Why am I feeling depressed? It's almost, maybe it's like the come down or something. It's like, so I don't know. It's strange. Even after some of your biggest victories, but Jimmy, my, my question to you, because it is a weird thing. If you have a very good show, is it something similar or not at all? Like if you no, kill, and then I, I you can't have- imagine what it's like to knock somebody out, but I mean, it is a powerful feeling when you, if you're on stage for an hour and, and you're having a great show and people are laughing, it is a high and it is a, it does take a while to come down from. Um, and it is harder to replicate, but it, it, you know, again, the extreme of fighting is like you, you're in so much, I could bomb, but I'm not in a threat of being knocked out. So I would say the adrenaline of winning a fight is so much different because it's probably like what I do times 10, because there's no threat to my safety. Um, you know, you're actually beating someone that's trying to hurt you. Do you know what I mean? Like that. And that to me is, is that the high of that has got to be, you know, I I don't think stand up compares to that. Rogan would probably be a good guy to ask you about that because he does both. Also, guys, I don't know if you ever heard, but somebody's, what is it? Their number one fear is being like publicly humiliated. Speaking, yeah. 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 Like, you know what I mean? So on my, from my experiences, I've obviously fought a bunch in the cage and 
when I did the show, when I do the show looking for a fight, the closest, and I wrote a, the two closest to, the closest two feelings to that, adrenaline-wise, one was jumping on a bull, because obviously you're on a fucking bull and you know it's usually <laughs> not going to end. Like in a fight, you know you're going to get touched. That's one. That was like, I know something's going to happen pretty, it's going to end kind of violent. And uh, two was when I did the stand-up. It was really that kind of adrenaline, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm telling you, you don't give yourself... It's it's harder to do what you think. Miles, would you ever think about doing a stand-up class? Not stand-up. I, don't really not. I mean, I wish I could, but I, I'd be too scared. So I see what you're saying. Like, that is Jimmy. that's a lot of pressure to stand up, and you're supposed to make these make everybody in the room laugh. That's a lot of freaking pressure. You know, that has to be an adrenaline rush. Pressure. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's absolutely. Joe raised a good point one time about stand-up and, and like, jujitsu where it's obviously there's no physical threat, but the reason fighters are humbled is because you guys are getting tapped in the gym all the time. So you, you develop a humility because you're the best and then somebody taps you and then you're the best. And stand-up is the same thing, whereas you have a great show and then the next night you suck or one joke works and the next joke's... But there's a certain thing that brings you back down to earth, which I know you guys deal with in training too, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think- and I think people everywhere, I think in all facets of life, you deal with it a little bit. Like even somebody who works a normal nine-to-five job and they're hustling all through the week and they're taking their kids here, they're taking their kids there. They have that through the week. And then on the weekends, it's like when you don't have that, how do you cope? And some of these guys can cope with like alcohol or whatever it is, and they can just relax like that. But me being a fighter, I'm too I'm too extreme. Like if I'm co- coping with alcohol, I'm drinking a lot of freaking alcohol. And I'm one of those guys who's like, I, I drink this much and you can't be able to tell. And this so it, it became it became a little bit of a problem. And I was realizing that that's the only way I was coping. So now I'm I'm just trying to just try to live in the moment, you know, and just like be okay knowing that like I don't have three workouts today. I'm not gonna get this like huge rush from this or that. I'm just, I'm just gonna be here and days might feel slower, but that's okay because time is freaking flying. So I'll enjoy these slow days and let them let them pass. How how long have you been sober? Um, I think I'm coming on eight months now. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah, really yeah. Great. Oh, awesome. Still yeah, something f- kind of What's that? Still something kind of new for me, yeah. That's still nice though. I mean, uh it, it's a it's a great start. And um yeah, coming down off of training, what do you do to keep like you know, if you have a day off, what do you do to keep it's it's very hard just to go to level I, Mike Tyson did says something in an interview, he was talking about I think he's talking about drugs or or just the lifestyle, but he said what he called it, I think, baseline zero, like how hard it is to even get to that point. Like when you're so adrenaline driven, your baseline or baseline normal, I think you said is 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 so much higher than most people's. So for you just yeah. to kind of settle in and feel okay, things have to happen. Most people feel that way sitting on the couch, but you know, it's probably harder for you to do that. Yeah, it is a little bit. Usually I got to go like for a run or something. Like I'll probably do a midday run today, you know, even though it's just Monday, just to just to get that feeling, just to get just to get something. Um and really another thing that comes with it is is like I got I almost get like a flipping eating disorder. Like after I've been cutting weight so hard and stuff, it's literally like every 30 minutes, my mind is like food, food. Yeah. I just hear a little voice just popping up. You need to eat. You need to eat. So I'm also just trying to uh, manage that a little bit and keeping that under control because I've got to where like my freaking casts and hands and everything swelling up. And I can't do that, man, especially I'm trying to make a run for the top 15 and make a run for my title soon. I can't be letting myself blow up like that, you know? Dude, trust me, man. I used to do the same shit. Don't do it. No, it's hard. Not, not worth it, man. It's, not it's hard. It. Do it for it's a few hard. days. I used to do it so bad. My stomach would shrink, and I would do it so bad. I'm like, I'm not even enjoying this. And then I then I get to the point where I do enjoy it, and I'd be fat. 
I got to, you know, so you got to come on in. You get, you get your, you know, you scratch that itch, and then you get back on that on that treadmill, man. Come on, dude, you're doing great. You got to yeah. keep this thing going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So who do yeah, we go to? Right, I'm sorry. No, Jim. you go, buddy. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to ask, who does he want next? Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I've been – there's a couple of different matchups in the division, but I thought Eamon Zahibi, he's coming off of a three-fight win streak, I think, two big knockouts, you know, and I, I know that he, he said he wanted to stay active, and um, I think they have a card in January in Canada, and it'd be – hopefully I get a new contract after this one. It'd be my first fight on my new contract in Canada against the hometown boys where I started. That was my debut. Um, so it'd be nice to kind of make that go full circle. Oh, this is the last fight on your contract. This this wasn't the last fight on my contract. It was a third. It's on a fourth fight contract. But a lot of times they'll renegotiate before that fourth uh -oh. fight. So hopefully uh, for my next fight, I'll be jumping to a new contract. I guess I can speak before I know for sure. But um, but that's what we're hoping for. And if that's the case, I figured, you know, what better way than to go full circle where I did my debut and fight another Canada hometown boy. But that's that's just one. I'm sure there's other guys, you know, Sean Shelby's super good. At his job, you know, I trust him. Whoever he sends, I'm going to say yes. You know, I'm not scared to fight anybody. But it seems like everybody in the division has a fight. And um, I'm looking for somebody who's got some momentum going behind them as well. How tough was Dan Argetta? I mean, what a great fight that was. Uh, you were dominating, and he he was just impossible to put away, man. That was a really exciting fight. Was he, was he kind of what you expected? He was. You know, I was, like I said in the post-fight interview, I did a lot of hours in the sauna just fighting this dude. You know, like I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, you. 15 minutes, like I'd go through three, like I'd be already dying. I'd go through three, five minute rounds and I'd picture him just going after me, going after me, bombing on him, bombing on him. So I, I did expect him to be tough. Um, I did land some of those shots where I kind of looked in his eyes. Like I was like, I know when I've connected like that with other people in the past, they were knocked out cold. I'd look in his eyes to see if he looked hurt and he was just still coming. I mean, his nickname, the determined, he was determined to win. So, but I wanted to fight like that. You know, I wanted to, I feel like I've been doing a lot of changes in my life. I wanted to test myself back in the day in high school wrestling. Like people, some people have questioned my cardio in the UFC and like um, just some of the betters and things like this. You know, you hear from the great through the grapevine and stuff in high school wrestling. If I took you to overtime, there was no freaking way you're beating. Like if we went to overtime, I'm getting this dub for sure. That's the person I am. That's the type of heart I have. That's the type of cardio I had. I had. So I wanted to prove to myself that you're still that same dude. Cardio is no issue. If it goes to the deep. Or I'm drowning your ass. Like you're not gonna drown me. I'm I'm here for it. It's what is nice, that? Feel? I was gonna say, Jimmy. It's nice to get the finish, but when you get a durable guy like that, it's yeah. also nice. You're a young kid. It's nice to get that work in, and for the it people is. to see that work and know that you can go hard three. And the way you made it look, you could do a hard five. I mean, that looked. You you your cardio is impressive. So hey, yes. man, it's nice to get that work in. It really is. There's there's nothing like experience and only one way to get it. And when and I know what it's like when a guy you hit a guy with a certain punch and they can't take it. You hit a guy with the same punch and they can take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that sucks. It's kind of weird. It's kind of hard. It's like whoa. I know I hit fucking. You know what I mean? This guy with the same shot and this yeah. other guy still here. It's kind of like whoa. You know, it's yeah. weird, right? Is it, is it a weird feeling when you hit a guy and they're still standing in front of you like that? It, it is a weird feeling, and I mean, you you know how it is. Like it feels like. It feels like it gets hotter in the cage. Like you, you hit this guy with everything you have, and all of it, and he's still coming forward. All of a sudden, the, somebody just increased the thermostat like twenty degrees. Like <laughs> out of here, like the pre the pressure does start wearing. And that's he did a good job with that. Like he really did just walk forward, and he 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 applies pressure. So um, 
yeah, it was it was a good fight for me, and I, I hope I, I know that he'll break some people with that pressure in the future. And Matt, when you hear about people too, I like when you hear like the one fighter was he's got to get his respect. He's got to get his respect by landing a shot. Have you had that when you come out um, and and you've just gotten drilled by somebody who you really didn't expect to hit you as hard as they did, and then it just kind of changed the way you approach things? Uh, yeah, may, maybe. I mean, in the in the John Castaneda fight, I just wasn't myself before. That was a lot of the reason, like, why I had to get sober and make some big big changes in my life. I I wasn't myself, and I I. I really thought I was going to go in there and piece him up and knock him out. And what hit me and once he took some shots and then he landed a head kick or whatever, I, in my head, it definitely was like, this isn't going my way. I don't know if I got it in my, I don't know if I got it in me tonight. And I hate afterwards that feeling was just gut wrenching to know that like, maybe I didn't do enough in the camp. Maybe I wasn't like as dialed in mentally. Maybe like I, I left some stones unturned and then you got freaking exposed. And like this dude broke your ass. Like, it was it was a gut wrenching feeling. It was a feeling that made me like I was like I'm gonna make a change right now. Like I, my whole life, I've been trying to get to the big show. I'm here now, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this slip away. I'm not gonna die thinking, man, you really did put everything into that, you know. So that that was a that was a change, game changer for me. That's right. It's almost like look, if you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose, but you don't want to have to go. Why the fuck was I drinking during that? Like you you want to know like I lost and I did everything I could do, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know when you're just ready to leave it all out there, and hopefully nobody ever dies. But this, it's just that feeling like I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing for that. You know when you're there, and I wasn't there in that fight, and I promised myself I'll never, you'll never catch me in the cage like that again. You know. Well, Miles, you're a very, very exciting fighter. Fourteen and two. I can't wait to see who you fight next, and you'll be in the top fifteen soon, without a doubt. I mean, that was a great performance against a really, really tough fighter. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. It was so much uh, fun talking to you, and we'd love to have you back on again. Hey, I appreciate. It. Thank you. Okay, uh, Miles Johns. Take care, buddy. Be good. All right, All right. Miles. And our next guest, uh, uh, he's the owner of VFS Academy, Mike Valle. I want to make sure I'm saying his name because Valley is how I want to say it, and I've heard it said. But let's get Mike in here, and I want to make sure oh, we say his like, name properly. You were going to say like Frankie Valley. Oh, what a night! I mean, that is how it reads. It's not Vale. There's double L's. So um, you know, you, you Americanize things, and we kind of ruin them. So you can bring him in, Jake, whenever he would like to uh, come in. Sing it. Oh, what a night. I'd prefer not to. No, um, I would prefer uh, not to. But you could sing it. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hi, Mike. Doing great. How about you? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your last name right. Uh, Valle or Valley, which which is the proper pronunciation? Uh, I mean, Valle is the right way, but the U.S. Valley is fine. Oh, you don't care. Okay, yeah, you seem like you're okay with that. That sounds like, Mike, that sounds like one too many times of somebody asking you that, and you're just like, Valley's fine. Screw it. <laughs> Nice to, a, you. nice to meet you, bro. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice. You've got a reputation of being a great pad holder, which I've never heard anybody referred to as that. What what makes somebody really good at it as opposed to being not good at it? I, I, I think what makes somebody very bad at it, dude, is like they don't understand, the, you know, your, 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 your athlete, you know, bringing the best out of them. You know, you have to understand them. You have to simulate it. You have to stay connected. I see a lot of guys that hold mitts. But they're like they hold it by one piece, you know, like one piece and one piece. And the way I do it, dude, I'm very connected with everything. I don't let them take breaks, you know. Once you start the pad session, everything is about 
being connected into your session, you know, because then you start developing a lot of bad habits, you know, of just throwing two punches, stopping, crossing your feet, doing it again. And, you know, there's sessions, special, there's specialty sessions where you work on, on those specifics, but one, you go through the round, a simulation to your fight or a simulation to that, then you have to keep it very connected. Do you mess around with those noodles? You know, those noodles, like, I don't, I never messed with them. I was, I think I came after that. That came after me, but when they, do you, do you mess around with that or no? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I, I like him. Yeah. It looks like fun. Yeah. I just never, Longo never did it. Longo, I, I, he never did it. Yeah. But I like him. Then they're good for distance. They're good for reaction, you know, and also they're, they're good to saving your, your forearms and your shoulders. <laughs> Is that, are those noodles, those little like, they're elongated kind of foam and you, uh, and, and they yeah, hit like yeah, that and, they, yeah. and you punch them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. Um, and you said you were inspired by, uh, by, uh, Maywe Mayweather's uncle. How did that come about? And, and did you know him well, or was it just, you admired him from a distance? No, no, I, I, I didn't know him. You know, I had an opportunity to be around him for a while. So I used to work at Jackson's, right? So that was my home base. So we used to go to Vegas back in the day a lot with all those fighters, right? And then I used to, uh, Robert Bird, the referee, got me in touch with him. And then, it, you know, uh, senior was all about money, you know, like uh, it was all about money. I remember that I had like 600 bucks and I gave it to him. So I became very good friends with him. And I will watch him train, you know, people, you know, I've said, hey, man, I just want to see you how you train. I want to see how you go about it. I want to understand your philosophy behind it. And and so I learned a lot dude, just by watching him. You know, I saw him training like Beko. I saw him training, you know, one time he invited me to see Floyd train and, and stuff like that. So it, it was very unique, you know, to, to see. So I got a, I got a lot of things to, that, that I learned. I learned from it. So he told me one time three things. It says three things that you gotta look into a fighter that you can't teach. So I mean it's reaction, distance, and timing. If they don't have that as a natural state, get rid of them. He told me that. But it, when once you see it, you know, a fighter has to have his own reaction, a fighter has to have his own sense of distance and then and his own sense of timing, right? So he, he taught me all those things, you know, how to can perceive it. Yeah, there's methods that you can do in teaching and distance, teaching and reaction. But, you know, if I throw a punch at you and you don't blink and you don't react in a certain way or time, you know, so, I mean, that's on you, you know, it's, there's not too much. There's a lot of exercises we can do, but you got to be able to react. You got to be able to time things and you got to be able to, to, to have a feeling for, for certain things. So th those are the major things that I learned from him, it, it, which it was great. And obviously his, uh, his system of holding pads and why he did it and understanding the philosophy behind it. Now, did you get involved with the hope of just like becoming a champion or did you say, um, or, or did it hit you right away? Like, look, I think I'm better off as a coach. Did you, did you, personally, did you fight? And I'm sorry if you have them. I didn't yeah, I, I, I did fight. I, I did fight some Muay fights and stuff like that. But I, my, my always my goal was, was was to be a coach. It was never to become a fighter. You know, it was never to become you know like a champion, a fighter. You know, uh, my 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 old goal was was just to become um, a coach. You know, and I had an opportunity you know to learn from the best. You know, I was at Jackson's for a while, so I was on the tutelage of Greg you know, for a lot of years. So I got an opportunity, you know, to just be behind the scenes, right? Being responsible for a lot of things, 
but at the same time, I wasn't the responsible. It wasn't my team, right? It was yeah. Greg's team. So I had a chance to, to be sitting down in the corner, understanding things, understanding the timings of the fights, the pace of the fight, where's the fight taking place of, you know, we got, uh, you know, regional fights and then we got UFC fights and price yeah. fights, right? And there's a co completely different thing. It's a completely different thing. Once that time and the UFC starts taking, it could go both ways. It goes your way or it doesn't go your way. There's certain urgencies that get in, the controlling of time, the experience of fighters and controlling time and stuff like that. So it, it gets very interesting, you know, it gets very interesting. I'm sure, I mean, you, man, you know all about it, you know, about prize fighting. Oh, you no, know, you've been there. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because so, some guys are just way, you know, just because some guys fight doesn't mean they're going to be great coaches. And some guys fight and they are just fantastic coaches. And, and they're more made, they know they're more made for that. There's some guys who never competed. John Danaher in the jiu-jitsu world. Um, Ray Longo. Ray Longo did a lot of sparring and stuff, but he never really competed. But they were just born to be coaches and, and trainers and cornermen. That was their, it's like they were born for it. So, Wasn't Danaher yeah. have an injury, Matt? Did, didn't John Danaher have something, the reason he couldn't compete, there was something with his knee? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, he had some, some something with his legs. He had something messed. But it, it there's no, I, I'm, I'm going to argue there's no reason why he couldn't compete because all the guys that were competing, he was submitting in the room. So mm. that's more of a personal choice by John. He'll, you know, I guess you have to ask John, but sure. I, I, you know, I was there firsthand. So, you know, it's fun. Yeah. But yeah, some guys are just more made for this role. You know, which is which is awesome. And and Mike, can I ask you to Bilal Muhammad? Uh, uh, Bilal yeah. Muhammad, you know, we love Bilal, and I personally, even though Colby is technically, I think, second and Bilal's third, uh, you know, Colby ha has lost a couple of his last fights, has not been particularly active, and I thought Bilal should have gotten the shot um, at uh, at Leon. And I know that there's that that I guess that they think that uh, Colby will sell the fight. What do you what do you think about that? And how is Bilal doing? And what's next for him right now? Is he just waiting? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're we in a spot there where we're just waiting, right? I mean, we, we, we don't want to take any any other fight. Well, deserving-wise, well, of course, Bilal deserves the shot. You know, of course, now there's a lot of other things, you know, selling the fight, all this all this crap there. Then, I, I mean, it's, it's not our job, right, to, right. To, to get in there. But whenever it comes to to uh, being ready and just where he's at. I mean, we're just sitting down, you know, we're getting, he's getting better every day. And we're training, he's training every day. He's in the gym 365 days, you know, a year. Dude. He doesn't take a rest, you know. So if they call tomorrow, this guy will be ready to take on, dude. I mean, if Kobe pulls out, I mean, Bilal will come in in a heartbeat, you know, or if Leon pulls out, you know, Bilal will come in. I mean, he, he's, he's ready to go. Is, is he going to be there kind of and, and ready and, and on point weight-wise? Sometimes guys will do that just in case. Well, yeah, they, they, they haven't said anything about uh, him being the alternate or, or stuff like that. But, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be there watching the fight. 100%. Yeah, he's going to be there. What, how do you see this fight going? It's, a, it's an interesting matchup. Leon looked so much even better against Camaro in that second fight. Um, what, what do you think happens in, in, in this fight? I, I think, man, in my opinion, I think Leon is going to win, dude. I, I, I don't think Kobe is going to be able to, 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 uh, to neutralize him that, that much. I know now with Leon has developed a lot of confidence beating, uh, beating uh, Camaro twice. I think his confidence has built, you know, and I think just Kobe hasn't fought in a while, you know, and I know 
he comes in uh, with a certain style and a certain presence and stuff like that. But I, I in my opinion, I think Leon is going to pick him apart. That's nice. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people hope so. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Bilal has a preference, does he? Does Bilal have a preference? I mean, style-wise, I'm sure he would say that he's comfortable with either. He doesn't really care. No, man. You know what, man? This is the interesting about Bilal. You know, there's fights that we have fought, we have fought going forward. There's fights that we have gotten going back. There's fights that we have taken him to the ground. And there's fights that we haven't even touched the ground because that was just the style that we were fighting. On the Damien fight, I told Bilal, dude, you know, hey, dude, we cannot hit the ground with this guy, especially you cannot let him on your back. If you would let him on our back, we lose. So we didn't touch the ground on with the, uh, what's came, um, uh, Damien Miles? Striker. No, no. Uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, I got his Brady. Name, uh. No, not Brady. Uh, Vicente Luque. Boy. Uh, on, on, I'm just yeah, reading through his wins. Yeah, on the Wonder Boy fight. So, hey, we got to take him down. You know, he's a pretty good striker. Well, let's, let's challenge his resin. So, we went out there. We challenged his resin. We dominate him there. You know, um, on the Brady fight. So, hey, man, this thing, guys, he, he, he has a great cardio. Let's show him what a great cardio is. Let's push the pace and let's get in his face. And we're showing what a good cardio is. And, and so he fights everywhere, dude. Whether Kobe, I think Kobe would be a much easier fight for us, you know. But uh, just because I, I, I think it's, it's just the style, you know. He's not a power puncher, stuff like that, you know. But I think Kobe would be a lot easier, you know, within the style. But um Either one, dude, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, and Colby has great cardio too. I mean, I mean, I usually guys on that level do, but Colby does have great cardio, so that would be an interesting matchup just for that. Uh, and and he's he's so interesting when he pushes people up the cage and he kind of grinds people against the cage. Um, you know, he's a pretty seems like he's a grueling guy to have to deal with. Colby, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's good. I mean, that that those dirty fights are awesome to have. You know, like in your face. You know, let let let's see who has more will there. So that, that'll be, yeah, it'll be inter an interesting thing if it, if it comes down to a hand. Yeah, I like that. I like that too, man. And I think if Bilal had his, his, his um, choice, who, who wouldn't want to smack fucking Kobe in the mouth? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think Bilal would want to smack him right in the mouth. But all right, man. <laughs> so much fun. Anything else you want to do, Jimmy? What, buddy? I was, oh, was going to ask how yeah, 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 Rodriguez is doing. Um, and what's, what's on the table for Yair? What is he, what is he thinking after that, uh, Volk fight? I mean, they, they, the Volk fight was tough, man. I mean, I mean, we all saw it, you know, just Volk is a hard guy to deal with. You know, Yair, he's a great man. He's in great spirits. He was just regrouping, regrouping, and he's going to come back, you know. Obviously, we won the, the interim title, and it was a great match there. And, I mean, just... I think one of the things that affects us very much, dude, is that Yair doesn't fight that back to back that close. You know, he always takes his time. You know, so uh, I think that affected us a, a, a little bit and somewhat. You know, in the fight, you know, Yair's the type of guy that fights twice a year, maybe once a year, twice a year. You know, he, he's like he's um, he's very flashy, but sometimes you know, like he, he takes a long time to recover. You know, from 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 little naggies and stuff like that. It's just that's the way his body is. You know, is you know he kicks too hard. You know, and sometimes whenever you kick that hard, your bones and stuff like that they take a long time to heal up. And he wasn't completely completely healed dude, from from the other fight. You know, there was two or three things that 
happened during camp and stuff like that. But I mean, no, no excuses, dude. You know, Volkanovski. Um, obviously, he's 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 hard to deal with. He's very good. But I mean, he's in great spirits, and uh, we're just waiting for see what's next. Mike, yeah. speaking of kicks, did you see the fights this weekend? Yes, I did. What do you think about the main event when Rafael uh, um, blew out his his yeah. leg? Not the leg that yeah. he was kicking with. It was uh, the no, leg that was planted, I believe. Yes. Yeah, he had the support leg. What did you with uh, with uh, versus Gamrod? What did you think of that? I mean, Gamrod is tenacious, man. He's tenacious. I love that. I love that style, man. Of, of they're persistent, persistent. And 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 I think later on, I mean, I I would have liked, loved to see it more, man, because I, I would have loved to see, you know, just how he would have taken it, you know, how much work he would have brought to him with the takedowns, because he already had had a takedown, you know, so, you know, the pace was about to change. The dynamic of the fight it was good, it's about to change, you know. I always tell my athletes, dude, I don't care how good of a striker you're at. You know, I don't, I don't care. I love striking, right? But if you don't have the ability to control someone on the ground against the cage, you know, that means that you don't have tempo or ability to dictate you know, where the fight takes place. And I think Gamrat has the ability to dictate wherever he wants the fight to take place. You know, he could keep it standing or he could keep it on the ground. So that's a very dangerous guy. And, and a hell of a hell of a gas tank also. Yeah. Can I ask you about yeah. one more fight, please? Did you see Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson Gomez? Ooh. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, now, man, I, I, I am. She is was, those elbows. You might as well. They, they, you might as well just put a razor blade on them. She has the pointiest elbows. She is all limbs. Like she's, yeah. it, that's all. I, as a short guy, that's it, it, I those. They're hard to get a hold of. They're they're always cutting you. I I was yeah. very impressed with her. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I, I had like some mixed feelings there because I, I trained Michelle in the past, you know. So I got a lot of love for her. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's just um, this new generation of people, you know, and, and especially her, you know, I know she's, uh, she's up there with the same age as Michelle, but, but I mean, she was, she's just a beast, man, <laughs> with those elbows and those knees, she's a dangerous fighter. Yeah. And, and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, I was going to mention also, because, you know, a lot of people were talking about when Crone Gracie had a hard time in his fight, they were, they were criticizing the way he fought. But they really didn't give a lot of credit to Charles uh, Jordan. They were making it oh, more yeah. of they were making it more of Crone's bad than Charles is good. Well, yeah. now Charles dealt with a very, very another well-rounded fighter, but a very more a grappling-based fighter in Ricardo uh, Hamos, and he had a very, very strong, uh, aggressive um, uh, grappling uh, attack on him. And man, Charles Jordan, he just is like the real deal. We should start giving him some props. Instead of start knocking his opponents, because you know, Ra I was Ramos was really, I mean, he was throwing a lot at him, a lot at him in the grappling realm. And not only did he deal with it, he stealth with it, he flowed with him, and then he put on his own assault and he got him in a guillotine. And I can't say enough about Charles. I mean, when he yep. did it, he got up like he's not even a surprise. He wasn't even breathing heavy after that exchange. I was super impressed. No, yeah, he, he was, he looked, he looked great, man. He looked great. I was, um, also a good fight was the co-main event, Dan Ige against, uh, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it was two, two, two different styles. One guy wanted to keep it standing and then the other just, uh, Bryce Mitchell, his persistence on the takedown was, 
was great, you know, and just capitalizing and be able to control it and keep it there. It was a great fight. It was so I loved it. I really, I, I, I just I enjoyed it. all the whole the main the main card. The whole thing was great. What a night! Yeah. No, yeah, it, was it really was. And a disappointing end, though, Fazeev. I, I, it's, he's one of those guys where, I mean, is there anybody in that division with faster hands than Rafael Fazeev? I mean, if there is, I just can't place them uh, at the moment. I, I think he's such beautiful, beautiful striking. He is so much fun to watch. So like I, a, it just sucked to see that end. He was like a cat, yeah. too. He was taking away the takedown, the takedown defense in the first round. was That was like out of the Matrix. It was, whoa. You know what I mean? It was something yeah. else. I was looking forward to that to go longer, but yeah. really, Gamrod was... You know, he was staying the course. So it was, you know, um, I'm happy for him. Yeah. No, sure. um, no, it was great. It was a great, great, great night of fights. I, I, I have a story, you know, that uh, whenever Matt Serra fought uh, George St. Pierre. So um, whenever George was getting ready for your fight, he got ready. He was ready on, on everything, you know. And this is a story that Greg told me. And But there was one thing that he never trained is what to do whenever he got right. Right. He never trained for that. Right. So after that fight, we used to do uh, exercises, you know, how, you know, you do like the spinning things and then somebody coming at you and just to see what were your secondaries to go there and stay and stay safe. You know, so, you know, we, we, I always incorporated with all my guys when without their in their training, you know, our protocols. Whenever, Okay, I got rocked. What do I got to do? I got to get to the single. Like, I got to get this. Got to get to my guard. I got to get this. I got to tie up, you know? So, like yeah, it was, it was a great, a Coach great Mike, one. That, that, Coach Mike, let me tell you, Ray Longo yeah. used to have me, okay, uh, spin around. I don't know if he had me close my eyes or not. I'm, I'm forgetting that. But he had me spin, spin, spin. Okay, now he'd hold the mitts. And I'd be like, yeah, I felt. It was like, you know, you're like you're seeing like birds. It was crazy. But I, I get you. I, not a yeah. lot of guys, I don't think, do that drill. That's, I'm, that's wow. funny. No, that's funny you brought yeah. that up. That's great. That's some old school stuff. Yeah. And did it help, Matt? I, I never thought of that, and I've never heard that until Mike just said it. Did that actually help you training what to do if you get rocks spinning in a circle? Did it build in those instincts a little better? I'm not being yeah. that guy, but I, oh, if you're asking me, yes, I never. I'm not saying I never really got rocked. Don't get me wrong. On the floor, George rocked me with an elbow in the second fight. But standing up, I'm kind of short. I never really got to, besides a spinning back fist ages ago. Right. I, I'm not being that guy, but I never really needed it. Thank goodness. You know what I mean? So, but I don't know. Mike yeah. would know better than me. Did it help your fighters? Did they tell you? Well, yeah. I mean, it does work. You know, yeah. At least, you know, at least you're not in an uncomfortable place, right? You already know what to do. That that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to prepare for the worst case scenario, and hopefully you don't get ever have to use it. Yeah, yeah but know? it's the, it's the instinct is there if you if, if if you build it in a little bit, it's kind of there automatically if you get rocked. Exactly, exactly. You know, just training a little bit under stress and spreading new things to the guys. So you know, make them train under stress a little bit. So that's how fight goes. They might be going your way. All of a sudden, like boom, it goes completely the opposite. So not to panic and stuff like that, and just training under under stress it's always good well mike thank you so much for joining us really interesting and i i can't wait to see what happens with uh with Bilal especially because we love Bilal and uh, Bilal. Uh, we think he's been overlooked and, and, and it's unfortunate uh, it, it just it's frustrating because he's such a good fighter and he's a he's a really an enjoyable personality so he'll get his shot soon so you know just so. 
Yeah, we hope so too, buddy. But thank you for joining us, Mike. Uh, Mike Valle. I want to say your name properly. Valle, is that proper? Valle is the first name. Yeah, Mike. Valle. All right, all right, Mike Valley. I'm an American. <laughs> yes, I just I Americanized everything. I don't want to fuck it up. Anyway, you're. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to you. Thanks, Coach thank Mike. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys. All take right, care, Mike. Take bro. care. Thank you, buddy. That's Jimmy, very interesting. Yeah, I never. Th- I'm sorry to interrupt you, Matt. I never thought of that. You're training in case you get rocks spinning in a circle. Yeah. Um, how many times would he spin you? Because I get very dizzy. We talked about how I, I, you said your wife, I think, can't do those rolls. She gets nauseous. Yeah, do the back rolls. No, I right. hate them. I fucking hate them. Um, how many times would he spin you? I don't remember. Five to ten. I don't remember, to be honest. It was literally 20 years ago. But uh, I'll ask him. I'll ask yeah. him. Do you ever puke? I, never, oh, I, puked from, I puked from some of the trainings Longo put me through. But I never, I didn't puke on that. It would yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Weird feeling, you know. But uh, you know, Jimmy, really quick, uh, you know, over the weekend, I just want to touch base. We talked about the, that main card and Brian Ballard yes. got that, well that rear naked choke, which was beautiful. Uh, yeah, it, we talked about the card with Coach Mike. This is what I wanted to say. One to my about my wife. Listen, Jimmy. Yes. I told you to check that out on my Instagram. I right? did too. At Sarah BJJ. Yeah, my wife. We went there with the um uh we were, you know, we signed her up for the Masters too. That's 36 and over. So she's yes. she's 49. She's 40. I'm 30. She's 39. She's 40 in a, in a week, you know. Yes. So, you know, we signed her up for the 36 and over. There was nobody in the division. The division under that is the Masters 1, okay, because that's called Masters 2. Masters 1 is 30 and over, 30, 30 to 36. There was nobody in that division. So, Blue Bell, adult uh, women, uh, 18 to 30. She goes, well, you know, that, that's the division she went in. Now, that's not normal for a girl, a lady who's about to be 40, you know. Sure. My wife. You know, we're not normal as Sarah's. You know, we like, no. I asked her, she goes, well, she goes, well, do you think I could hang with these young girls? I go, look, honey, yes, I do. But, you know, it's up to you. You're the one going in there and it's right. not going to be. She goes, she goes, and this is what, it's funny, Jimmy. I learned, I, I get a lot of like, uh, it's funny how you you learn things. Like I said about the time my, my kid was comparing dance and and um, and, and jujitsu, as she said that dance, you it's choreographed and jujitsu when she competes, she gets the choreographed it out there. And I thought that was a beautiful point she made. And it was very um, deep. Now my wife tells me, she goes, look, she goes, I don't care. And this told me everything. This gave me the answer. You know, she goes, I don't care about getting a medal. I just want to test myself. I go, well, then that's your answer right there. If you, you know, and she went out there and she went versus this younger. Now she's again, 39, been 40 in a week. She went versus a 22 year old under Fabio Clemente. Fabio, Fabio Clemente is under the Machado brothers. And uh, he came, I know him when I was, I met him when I was 19 years old, training at the OEC judo club. And uh, before Henzo even got here, it was uh, doing a jujitsu class on the Craig Kukok. I met that gentleman. So I know him a very long time. So it's just funny that, you know, I know this many years later, my wife's going versus one of his students. So my wife, you know, she ended up, she got a beautiful um, uh, head control to like a snap down. She learned from uh, one of my students uh, who does the wrestling class, Coach Tommy. What a great kid. She learned it 10 minutes before that. She got it. She snapped it down, took the back like a champ. She beat this young kid. She lost to... Um, a buddy of mine, Ryan LaFleur's student. You know Ryan LaFleur. I love Ryan. Yeah, from Long Island, right? All love Ryan. Yeah, Ryan LaFleur's a buddy. And this girl trains under him and my buddy Danny Stofi, who's, um, uh, he owns Breathe Jiu-Jitsu out east. 
and then Ryan owns Long Island MMA. He, she got arm locked. The girl sat into a beautiful arm lock in the next match. She sat into the, um, she won her first match. The second match, this girl sat. The girl won the whole thing. She's good. She sat into a beautiful arm lock and, and, and it popped my arm, my wife's arm immediately. But oh. my wife still did the, oh, she did the hitchhiker escape. So my wife, the guts on her, she got out of that. But when she got out of it, the girl transitioned beautifully into a triangle. And then she ah. did a triangle to arm lock. She got the arm lock off that. So props to her. It was a beautiful transition. Sure. But really, you know, I give so much credit to my wife because it's such an example for my kids. Uh, it's not normal for a 40-year-old woman to compete versus a 22-year-old girl. But you know what I mean? Or girls. I so, loved watching it too. I was watching it and it was fun to watch you coaching from the thing because you don't hear these coaches usually yell, you know, whatever, something, babe. You you were yelling <laughs> something, babe. You know, I, was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't call her Ann, you know, it's weird. So, you know, I can't say enough about her. And then, you know, Edwin, my, my, brother, oh, yeah. you know, my, my, my buddy, he, um, you know, this is not cool because he beat, he had to go over the same guy twice. Right. And now the guy, he beat him the first time on points. And then the second time is what I put on my Instagram. He just fucking, he beautifully, he did a beautiful throw with him, got on top, and he gets a bread cutter. But he, Edwin gets the bread What's cutter. What's a bread cutter? So you, you got one guy, you cross eyed on somebody, and you have their arm that's a frame. It's, it's trapped down by the hip. And you have your four fingers in their collar on the near side arm. The other arm comes across thumb in. You drop all your weight. Watch. Want to see what the bread cutter is? Yeah. Watch Edwin Smart, Doc Kimura. I uh, saw it. that. Yeah, I could. I, I didn't that on my Instagram. You'll see what it is. Okay. Uh, you know, this is the thing, though. The guy signs up to go verse him, right? And the guy's another big guy, but he goes. So afterwards, the guy comes over and you know, hey, it's like, uh, I gotta ask you, you know, how much do you weigh? So Edward's like, you know, whatever. He's like, oh, you know, I cut to get to one two fifteen, and because he did two divisions. And now look, hey man, be quiet. How about that? How about that? How about he beat you? How about you sign up? knowing you're going into super heavyweight, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Sure. And you're thinking you're probably going to get a fat slob and dance around them and fucking uh, triangle them or something. You get Edwin. He beats you up. And now you're, oh, man, how much do you weigh? Hey, you got what you signed up for. So That's don't be, right. You know? And then I found out who the instructor was. And I don't like that. The guy's a tool anyway, so it's funny. I'm like, all right, there you go. It's Jimmy. There's certain, a lot of guys I like. Some guys sure. I don't. I'm like, all right. Water sinks its own level. I don't know the guy. The guy might be a nice guy, but this is what you don't do. You don't get beaten and go, hey, man, how much do you weigh? What do I weigh? I, we signed up in the same division, bro. You know, don't, yeah. Yeah, be, you know, take, take your loss like a man. Yeah. Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy, I got enough friends. Yeah. And you're one What's of the weight got to do with it? I, I weigh more than Mike Jarmillo. But he still strangles me at will. I outweigh him. Who cares? Jiu-jitsu, bro. It's jujitsu. You signed up for that division. You guys are looking right. at he weighs a little more than you. I don't know. He strangled you with technique. That's why I said big and technical with Edwin. I'm proud of Edwin. You know yeah. what I mean? So listen, man, we have a good time at Sarah BJJ. And I'm proud of them. And I'm proud of my team. People go there just to support the team, Jedi Sue. Um, I mean, these, these, the families that come to support people, it's nothing but positivity on my end, Jimmy. We have yes, a good, sir. Okay. this Wednesday, Matt, I will not be here. I will be in, uh, I'm going to Toronto cause Thursday night I have a show for the festival. So I will not be on the show Wednesday because I'm traveling <laughs> to get to Canada. Um, I, but when we come I, back, I'm sorry. Well, let's talk about Prohaska against Pajeda. When I come back Frivola against Benoit St. Denis, 
uh, Davison Figueroa, Rob Font, Cannonier, Roman Delize, uh, and Gaslam and Sean Brady. Gaslam is going back down to 170. There's so many exciting fights. Of course, Leon against Colby and uh, Alexander Pantoja against uh, Brandon Royval, who we love. And then uh, Shavkat Rachmanov against Wonderboy. Always exciting. Luke, uh, Ian Gary. I think that fight I might be looking forward to as much as any of the other ones. Oh, 100%. And, and Ferguson, who's dropped six, but he's still, look, he's still Tony Ferguson against Patty Pimblett. That will be an interesting matchup. Okay, is that, is that a main event or no? I don't I, think it's a... I would love No, to. I don't think that's a main event. To, to my I knowledge, would, it's not. That's my main event. Jimmy, um, I know you're not going to be here for the next episode. I want everybody right now to get excited because we're having a guest. Well, obviously. We're having... Yeah. <laughs> I'm coughing as I'm laughing. We have a guest co-host, a special guest co-host. I don't even know who it's going to be. That's so right. I want everybody to listen just to see who that's going to be. I don't know. Jimmy, I miss you already. You, I miss you. Do you, you, you think it's the right time that we get a break from each other? We like a week, a little. Am I, is it I, I, I sometimes schedule these things where I will be traveling on a Wednesday. <laughs> Jimmy, I could be a little much. I nah, miss yeah. you, Jimmy. A delight. Jimmy, I miss you. Uh, I'm going to talk to you later. Yes, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, and I will be on with you uh, in a week. I can't wait, Jimmy. Safe nice. travel. Bye, pal. See you soon. Bye, buddy.